The views, information, or opinions expressed during Wrestling Wind Down are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent any agency, organization, employer, or company. Hey, it's Lo, and you're listening to Wrestling Wind Down. On this week's episode, I have a special guest co-host, Aridian Fierro from the Rest Friends Podcast. We'll be chatting about the best moments and matches from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT this week, as well as our new segment, Sip and Tell. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. As I mentioned in the intro, I have Aridian Fierro from the Rest Friends podcast on Wrestling Wine down this week. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell me how you got into wrestling before we get into our coverage. Oh my God, I have been watching wrestling since I was maybe seven or eight years old. And I remember like showing up to third grade all excited, like being ready to talk to my friends about like wrestling. And I only had like maybe three other friends and they were guys and they liked wrestling too. So they like automatically accepted me as like one of them because we all had that common bond of like wrestling. I remember just watching Friday Night Smackdown and Monday Night Raw and I could not go anywhere on Mondays or Fridays because I could not miss (laughs) Monday Night Raw or Friday Night Smackdown. Like I I couldn't. And uh, I've just been a fan since then. And in high school, I stopped watching for a little bit, but then, you know, I got back on the, on the wrestling train, mostly WWE, but you know, now there's like so many things. Right. So yeah, I've just, I've just been a fan probably since I was eight years old. That's cool. I started watching around the same age, so I definitely feel you there. I started watching on the Spanish channel, though, so that's where we're a little (laughs) bit different at, okay? (laughs) Oh, my God. You watched it in Spanish? Yes, and I don't speak Spanish, so I just came across it. I saw John Cena, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting, and then I would go watch it, you know, every week, and now I look back, and I'm like, girl, how did you not know that was coming on on Mondays? Like, (laughs) How did you not catch on? Yeah. (laughs) You have your own podcast with your friend, Teddy, and it's called Mm -hmm. Rest Friends. Tell me how you came up with the name of the podcast and what the whole podcast is about. Yeah, so me and Teddy are actually cousins. Her mom is my godmother, and we are, you know, related. And we wanted to start a podcast first. Teddy, it was Teddy's idea. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should have a YouTube channel. So we did the whole YouTube thing for about a year before we started the podcast. And the podcast, I think is more freeing and it allows us to do more things to talk mm-hmm. about you know more more wrestling related things but teddy just always called me her wrestling friend like we were wrestling best friends so she's like oh my god what if you know we put those two words together and rest friends you know comes out of it and i was like hey you know what that kind of sounds kind of sounds all right like let's just call the channel and like the podcast rest friends why not we call each other that already Um, it's like a term of endearment for us. I feel like we meet other wrestling fans and we call them our best friends, you know, if we become friends too. And we just talk about wrestling every week. And I think we, much like you guys give a different take on it because we're women talking about wrestling. Right. And there's not a lot of women out there who talk about wrestling or like who get taken seriously, you know, as women, we're already like second in command. But, um, I think that it's, it's really cool to find 
friends like you know like you guys that also do the same thing and we share the same love of wrestling and we just made it to have women have a place to be able to come and like talk about wrestling safely and openly because you know when you go to wrestling shows sometimes things get awkward and you know they do yeah you, you know as, as women you know we, we just go through a lot and we wanted to have a safe space for women to be able to talk about wrestling because that's something that we love and it's something that we we enjoy so that's what that's amazing that's what we do <laughs> let's get into the coverage so I think the biggest news of this week is that Becky Lynch is pregnant and you know how this all kicked off. It started on Twitter. There is a guy who actually confirms rumors for a living, and he said that Becky Lynch is pregnant. It'll be announced on Raw. And then everyone was like, is she actually pregnant? Maybe she's going to Hollywood to do a couple movies. No one knew. And then she got on Raw, and she opened up that briefcase, and she told Asuka, you actually were fighting for the Raw Women's Championship at Money in the Bank last night. You she go asked, be a warrior because I'm going to go be a mother. Girl, I was crying. And this was such a good moment. I feel like they did it really well. Sometimes when WWE has these moments, sometimes they go a little bit too far, but I'm glad they kept it classy. And Asuka's reaction was the purest thing I have seen all week from what I read. She might have not known the news before she got on camera. So that was a real reaction, which I think they did a good job there. So how did you feel about everything that happened? I think it was Asuka's genuine reaction. Mm -hmm. um, I was like I told you, in tears, the whole thing. It was very dramatic. It felt like a soap opera. Revealing, I was like, oh my God, this is going to happen. I can tell. Like, I knew the belt was going to be in that briefcase like five seconds before she said it. It's just incredible to have witnessed, like, Becky's journey. Right. You know, as now her being a mother is just going to be, like, the next level of, of her greatness. I think that WWE keeping it simple actually played off really well because, you know, at home, it was very intimate. Right. So it was like Oscar was hearing it for the first time and we were hearing it for the first time. And, you know, forget everything that was going on on Twitter because there was people were saying crazy things on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's leaving. She's not coming back. She's the next rock. And I was like, guys, relax. She's going to return in like a rumble in like a couple years. We're going to be fine. It's going to be great. The fact that they, they did it like that, I think, really played off the fact that she cuts really good promos. So whoever mm -hmm. wrote that for her was, oh, my God, a genius backstage. Somebody who wrote that. I don't know if you saw CM Punk's comment on backstage this week. I did. <laughs> about how they should have had, Asuka should have slapped or punched Becky Lynch. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, what the hell? This is a pregnant woman. You cannot slap or punch. There's already this whole thing going on where people are like, well, did WWE know that Becky Lynch was pregnant when she competed at WrestleMania against Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship? Or did they not know? And, you know, obviously we don't know the specifics. That's honestly not really our business in the first place. But he was out of line for his comments. I haven't seen anyone that actually agreed with him, so maybe he will stop saying stuff like that because that was extremely out of pocket. You know, CM Punk is one to say things that are very out of the box, I want <laughs> if that's the term I want to use. He's, he's just very out there, and he's really unapologetic of the way he says things. I know people were like, oh, my God, for the gender reveal, they need Asuka to spray either blue mist <laughs> into Becky. And I'm just like, guys, oh, my God, there's only so far we can go as fans some more big news this week Sami Zayn was stripped of the Intercontinental Championship and I am a little bit salty about that you know Sami Zayn finally won his championship he was in that group with Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro three quality performers and he finally picked up the Intercontinental Championship and I thought he would hold it for months you know maybe a year 
and WWE had him relinquish it. And now they're doing this whole tournament. And the tournament is good. I won't say anything about the tournament is wrong, but I think that the premise behind it is a little bit f***ed up. As we know, Jordan Devlin is the current cruiserweight champion, and he is over across the seas, but he's still champion. They are letting him stay champion, and they're crowning another champion in the um, tournament that they're doing on NXT. And we've seen Andrade. He kept his United States championship when he was undergoing his wellness policy violation. But Sami Zayn decides to sit out because he doesn't want to compete during this crazy coronavirus pandemic, and he gets his title taken away. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, moving on from good good ginger news to bad ginger news, Sammy, I think, has great qualities to be a champion, but I think that maybe, you know, you never know what WWE is thinking, but maybe they needed to put something on television, and they're like, well, let's have this tournament. Right now, we don't have our champion, and we can't have him compete, so we might have to take that away from him. Sammy is very vocal on social media. And I don't know if maybe that had anything to do with them. Also being like, all right, well, we'll just take it if you want to stay home. But I don't think that they would have done the same thing to, let's say, Roman Reigns, if Roman had a belt and he was like, oh, I'm not performing. I don't think they would have taken the belt away from him. Yeah, I agree. Maybe because they see Sammy as like maybe lower on the totem pole. They were like, well, let's just, let's take it. We need something for TV. And this is what we came up with, which is very unfortunate because Sammy is amazing. He's got charisma. He's talented. He's amazing. He's like one of my favorites. And the fans connect with him, whether he's a heel or a face, it doesn't matter. You will see someone that loves Sammy Zayn no matter what. And people still sing his theme song, even when he's a heel. So, you know, maybe he'll come back when everything is clear and compete for his championship. I know he's going to be pissed. I'll be pissed too for him. Yeah. (laughs) But the first round matchups for this WWE Intercontinental title tournament, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and King Corbin versus Elias. Daniel Bryan defeated Drew Gulak to move forward in the tournament. So next week we'll have Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus and AJ Styles versus Shinsuke, which those two sound like good matches. But I don't have a good feeling about this. And I think a lot of people on Twitter just, they don't like this. Obviously, there's a lot of good competitors in this tournament. And it's good for television, like you said. That might be why they're trying to do this. But at the end of the day, it's just very unfair. Yeah, it's like the... um... You know how NXT has their, what, the cruiserweight tournament? Right. Knowing that um, my homeboy, the one that they let go, and he's still- Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick, yes, that he's still competing, and he got released. Like, that's kind of like, it's bittersweet. I would love for Jeff Hardy to win the tournament and have another go, you know, with that title. But it's just like, mm, am I interested in it? Not yeah. really. But I, I know Sammy, Sammy, when he comes back, he's going to go hard for that belt, though. But you know what I think would be interesting? I think it would be interesting, first of all, if they would have put Cesaro in the tournament. I don't know why he wasn't in it. I think it would be interesting to put the belt on Shinsuke and have Sammy come back and kind of be like, so you took my belt? That dynamic and see how that goes. But we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, there could be a lot of great storylines that come from this. But the only person I don't want to see take it is Baron Corbin. (laughs) Honestly, my friend. Like, oh my God, I cannot with him. He's too much. I only like him on Instagram when he makes carne. Cooking up some good meat. (laughs) As we saw at Money in the Bank, Otis won the men's 
Money in the Bank briefcase, which was such a shocking moment. We predicted that either AJ would win or Aleister Black would win, but it seems like AJ was too in his head about The Undertaker. I don't know why the WWE headquarters has a room with a casket in it, but (laughs) that is here nor there. We saw Otis pick up the win, and what a crazy moment. Also, Baron Corbin threw Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the side of the building. Didn't you think that those matches, the men and women's Money in the Bank match, was like a soap opera? I feel like there were just so many dramatic moments it was a lot the way they they framed it you know i thought maybe they would have given us like a split screen so we could see the women fighting the same time as the men would fight but the way they did it is like okay they brought the women and then they showed the men and they kind of focused on different things so they kind of knew where they wanted the audience to be focusing on right it was interesting but uh yeah that room with the undertaker i just the, the casket like that was weird there yeah. was some fucky rooms in there like in this moment <laughs> where she went into the conference room and pulled out that briefcase with cash. And Who has that in their conference room? Like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it, it was really fun to watch. Um, I didn't appreciate Baron Corbin throwing away Rey Mysterio or Alistair. But yeah, I think that match was just insane. I also didn't expect Otis to win. I had AJ for sure. Alistair mm-hmm. Black, maybe. And Otis taking it, I think, creates a different dynamic. You know, there could be so many stories with Otis. You, you never know. I'm wondering where this leaves heavy machinery. We know that Tucker is still a part of the SmackDown roster. And now it seems like Otis is doing his own thing. Where does this leave the team? We saw Otis on Miz TV. And yeah, you know, he is charismatic. He does have a character for himself. But is he going to just leave his partner in the wayside? But also, is he going to risk his money in the bank opportunity to get a tag team championship match for both of them. Honestly, I think that Otis would go after the tag belts, but only because I don't see him big enough right now to go after. Right. I don't see him challenging Drew McIntyre for the belt. Like Otis versus Drew McIntyre, what? Or, Or the universal title even. I don't think he's there yet. I think him cashing in on the tag team championships could possibly lead to maybe other tag teams winning money in the bank and cashing in Hmm. on more tag matches. Who knows? Speaking of tag teams, on NXT this week, we saw Matt Riddle and his fill-in partner, Timothy Thatcher, go against the Imperium. And the Imperium won the match. They are the new NXT tag team champions. And... It was all because Timothy Thatcher walked away. After Matt Riddle hit a move that went wrong, and it led to another match between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher in the main event for NXT that night. And how are we feeling about Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle? I feel like they're just not there. And we clearly saw that with the disbandment of their team mid-match. But then furthermore, Timothy Thatcher going and attacking Matt Riddle while he was backstage. I can't believe he did my boy dirty like this like first of all matt riddle's my bro like i like to say i'm the bro's bro so for timothy to do this to matt i'm just very insulted first of all but i thought he was supposed to be a bro you know holding the port down until pete dunn was able to come back and you know hold those titles but i don't know i think this new this imperium could maybe be like the next undisputed era I possibly the see the UK them, version of the undisputed yeah. era. Mm-hmm. I, I see them possibly maybe doing that because you know Matt Riddle is gonna be huge. I think he's gonna be like really really huge. I think he's got potential to be on the main roster and be like a really really great champion and not like hold like the mid level championships like the big championships. Right. Um. So right now for this storyline, I just I see them doing a lot more with Matt Riddle, but Timothy, I really don't care for him because. 
after stabbing my bro in the back, I just can't. Like he's just canceled. He's canceled for me. I can't. <laughs> On NXT this week, we saw a promo from Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bardot, who debuted last week, and they have been very vicious in NXT. We saw them attack Tommaso Ciampa, and they said that they're not done attacking people. They're just getting started. How are we feeling about Karrion Cross so far? I don't have much of a feel for him yet, because you know we haven't seen him much um, in ring, except for like him being like, uh, like an animal kind of type of character. Right. But um, I do really love Scarlett Bordeaux. I know um, her from like the indies before she got to NXT. And mm-hmm. I think she's got like her character down. She reminds me like of when I watched wrestling as a kid and like you had your Candice Michelle. She's like just beautiful, you know. Um, but I know that she can really work in the ring too. So I'm kind of more excited to see her as opposed to Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, whatever his name was changed to now. Um, but I, he's probably probably going to be huge because, you know, they say that Triple H and like McMahon, like the bigger guys and he's right. a giant. So. Yeah. In the women's division this week, we saw the Iconics return on Raw, which was such a huge moment. We haven't seen them in months. And I've been wondering where they've been at. And a lot of people online have been wondering where they've been at. There was rumors that they were going to join Seth Rollins' whole Messiah act. But obviously, they're going to stand on their own. They defeated Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a match. And they had a new finisher, which I'm not really sure about yet. I mean, I think it was a good match overall. But it seemed like that last move just did not hit the way that they wanted to. But winning the match against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross definitely puts them into the title picture, which I think is a good thing. We definitely need a WWE Women's Tag Team champion that is on television each week, you know, that has a captivating act. I'm not saying that Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss aren't captivating, but they can only go so far. And I feel like they do a lot of in-ring segments and stuff like that, but I think these belts were made for tag teams that have been together a long time. I think about the Bella Twins. They would have been perfect WWE tag team champions. But then I think about the Iconics. They've been together for so long. Those belts belong to them. I totally agree with you. Every time I see the Iconics, I just think of like old school Bellas. Like, honestly, I think they deserve those belts because they do represent a lot of what like a tag team is like they've been together for so many years right. and they work so well together. So I really hope that they do get another run, a better run than they got last time. Amen. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It was just a hot mess last time. So maybe if they're allowed to cut some more promos because those girls can cut promos, like they are hilarious. Know that even if there's nobody laughing, they'll laugh. There's nobody there. <laughs> they'll laugh at their own jokes. <laughs> And I think that's what we need, something that's, like, lively. I mean, I do appreciate Alexa and Nikki, but I don't think they have that, like, comedy. That click. I feel like in a team, there's something that just clicks. And, you know, yeah. the first time that they really start tagging together and they had those WWE tag team titles, I feel like there was a slight click there. Like, they worked in the ring well together, and I feel like she calmed Nikki Gross down a lot from being insanity, and now she's, you know, a face. But there's just something about the Iconics that, I like when it comes to having them in the tag team title picture. Yeah. And I'm glad that I get to see them in ring instead of just on TikTok because their TikToks are great, but now they can be great on TV. As we mentioned earlier, Becky Lynch is pregnant and her baby's father, Seth Rollins, seemed like he was in a trance this week. I'm not sure if he was just really shocked that 
everyone knows that he's going to be a daddy now or what, but he was in a match teaming with his longtime partner, Murphy, against Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio. And honestly, it looked like he was a little bit off the rails. I mean, he was standing on his side of the ring the whole time, and he just looked like he was out of it. We saw the promo that was cut backstage. He just stood there, and we're all kind of like, is he okay? He looks like that Bratz doll meme where hair's all over her head. Honestly, we saw Rey Mysterio hit Seth Rollins during the match, and it seemed like a light turned on for him. He started attacking Rey Mysterio, and now Rey Mysterio has to go to an ophthalmologist because Seth Rollins just went in on his eye. What was the reasoning behind that? I think he was just trying to have him see the light, see the Messiah, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I thought he came out looking like, you know, what quarantine feels like when you go and get a snack at three in the morning. Like, honestly, that's what Seth looked like to me. He, he was just a hot mess. And it was just weird to see him, like, in a trance. The Even whole Murphy seemed like he was kind of like, okay, dude, like, are you okay? Like, snap out of it. And he just wouldn't. He was almost about to, like, slap him and be like, bro, what are you doing? Right. But I don't even know that that moment that that clicked for Rollins that was like, now I need to kill Rey Mysterio. Like, what? It was so weird. Right. And you know, and it was weird his too. Eye? Yeah. It was weird the night before that Seth Rollins had a match with Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Seth lost and they shook hands after the match. So to see Seth on Raw was a little bit confused because I thought they just wrote him off the night before. And then for him to actually be on there and he's like literally out of it, I was like, what is the reasoning? Like, are they trying to show, okay, Becky Lynch had her moment at the top of the broadcast. Now we're going to bring Seth Rollins in during the middle part and the last part, and he's just going mm-hmm. to be shocked the whole time. And it was crazy because everyone knows that, like, Becky is with Seth. Like, the, you know, like, that's her baby. We daddy. had that whole storyline for six months or so, so yep. we know. <laughs> so, of course, you know. And it's like people were now relating that like his look to like him being unhappy that Becky's pregnant and stuff. And I'm just like, no, no, that's not guys relax. (laughs) Yeah, it was it's just kind of weird. I wonder what they're going to do with this because it's a little weird. It only the only thing I could think of is like maybe adding him to like the fiend gimmick. Really? Um, Because, you know, he's like crazy and he's like seeing like he's like a bigger than god kind of personality and like the fiend is also like a weird character if you pair them together i mean who knows they could be like the undertaker and kane right yeah so Hmm. we had a lot of women's division action on smackdown this week the nxt champion charlotte flair made an appearance where she cut a promo with bailey and sasha banks and charlotte was trying to wake up sasha banks she's like what are you doing are you your own woman And the look on Sasha's face really spoke a story that her mouth wasn't saying because Sasha has been a little bit quiet. She's been a little bit reserved when it comes to talking about her relationship with Bailey and the extent of it. You know, she'll say, oh, this is my friend, whatever. But we know that girl wants that title and I don't blame her. And Bailey was like, cut it out, Charlotte. It's not your business. Stop. (laughs) And Charlotte was like, okay, well, we'll have a match next week. So next week we have the NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair going up against the SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley, which will be a good match. I hope that Sasha will get involved. I think that would add to what we're hoping to see at SummerSlam, which is Sasha Banks versus Bayley for that title. I'm really feeling that it should have been time that like Sasha should have turned on Bailey a long, long time ago. Like, I, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm really tired of Bailey. I mean, I love Bailey, but I'm like really tired of her as champion right now. Like, what is she doing? Like, I, I get that they're building the, the storyline 
to like be really really epic so like you know they're the bestest of friends so when Sasha finally does it you're gonna like feel something trust me I'll feel something I'll tell you uh but (laughs) Sasha I think she just needs that that title I think Sasha is a better champion than Bailey not to like Bailey because I do think she's great right Um, but I honestly just need her to I feel like it's boss time, you know? I feel like it's boss time. I feel like Sasha hasn't been champion for a long time. And I remember, you know, when she was facing off against Charlotte Flair, she really didn't have the title for a long time, it seemed like. It seemed like they kept on back and forth, back and forth of them holding the title. And I feel like she deserves a long title reign. When she came Mm -hmm. back last year after everything that happened with them losing the tag team titles at WrestleMania and Ryan Satin talking about how they were crying on the floor and her mental state just wasn't right. And they had that whole documentary on her on WWE. I was like, she is winning that title. I forgot which pay-per-view mm-hmm. it was at, but I was like, she's winning it. There's no doubt. And then she lost. And I'm like, yeah. how are y'all going to make this whole documentary? Have me watch an hour <laughs> of it. I already like Sasha Banks, but now I really like her. And then you're mm-hmm. just going to have her lose for the title. And we're still yeah. waiting on a title for her. So yeah, when she had her whole feud, with Charlotte for the Raw Women's Belt. Like, that was one of the... I was so invested in that feud because I hated Charlotte so much at the time because she was always winning, you know? Like, they, they, like, booked her in a way that I, like, hated her so much. But she just had some amazing matches with her. And I do prefer Bailey as a champion when she's a babyface. This mm-hmm. whole heel... I, I think it's maybe because I'm still not into her heel character. Like, I can't get into that. Another promo was cut this week, and this one was amazing. Sonya Deville cut a promo with Dolph Ziggler, and I loved it. I think Sonya Deville is doing a great job with this whole feud with Mandy Rose, and Fire Desire may be resting in peace, but Sonya Deville is alive and well. This promo was what we needed, and she was saying, you know, are you just going to sit at home, Mandy, and have Otis's kids and bring him a beer? And I'm like, oh, girl, okay, now you're getting into it. Like... (laughs) I liked it, and I think Sonya Deville has so much potential, and we're finally seeing it, and we've wanted that for so long. She's always been, in my opinion, behind Mandy Rose, and now we're seeing her face-to-face with Mandy Rose, and I think that's definitely what the SmackDown Women's Division needs, and having Dolph Ziggler involved is a little bit interesting because we know the history there with Otis and Dolph Ziggler, so it is interesting that he's involved, but will they loop? Otis back into this? I'm not sure. How are you thinking this is going to go? I don't know, but it is really interesting that they still have kept Ziggler around. I think that him and Sonia actually complement each other really well. They do. They give off this like cockiness, kind of like I'm better than you type of vibe. And Sonia has just been cutting promos week after week and she's good. She she's is. like, this is character development at its best. I feel that she's been waiting her whole life to like tell off Mandy. So it, it just sounds good. I'm, I'm really excited for this. I hope that they like get in the ring and just go for it. Like I want to see them like kill each other, but like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like go for have it. a great match. Yes. <laughs> have a, they need the main events. Finally in women's division action this week on SmackDown, we saw Dana Brooke defeat Naomi for the second time in a row. And I'm not liking it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Dana Brooke is an incredible athlete. We saw her at money in the bank. She had a couple funny spots here and there, but she competed in the match, and I feel like Naomi should have been involved. And I feel like ever since Naomi came back at the Royal Rumble, she hasn't been utilized properly. She had that big return, and everyone was so excited. She had national media coverage, and it was good for the WWE, good publicity. And now 
she's back and she's losing all the time. And it's confusing me. This woman had a great title reign and now she's back and she's ready to compete and she's eager to compete and she has such a great character, but y'all aren't giving her the opportunity to win. There's absolutely no way that Money in the Bank women's ladder match should have went down without Naomi, in my opinion. The spots that they could have done with the ladder, her athleticism, we were missing that in the match. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I think that they missed the mark with with Naomi when she came back from the Rumble. She had, you know, world coverage. She was trending on Twitter. Right. There were so many people that were talking about her that had never talked about WWE before. People were like, who is this woman? I need to watch wrestling now. Like, that's what WWE mainly wants, and it confuses me and almost irritates me that now they're getting that from one of their female superstars and they're not capitalizing off of it i could see if she wasn't Mm -hmm. talented or she needed more help in the ring but she's been there for so long we saw her in the funk galactics with brodus clay and cameron we saw her in nxt the first episode of total divas like yes like she's been there a long time she's put her time in i feel like i had the same thoughts about tamina last week on the show they have these women in these positions for so long and they've been in the company for a long amount of time and they're talented they have good character development they're not utilizing her and i think we've seen how she talked about it on total divas you know it was frustrating for her she worked really hard to get that character approved and now it's like now it's finally on tv everyone loves it but Mm -hmm. they're not showcasing it properly yeah and it's sad to see it because even you know i remember watching that episode of like total divas when she put the lights on her belt yes and they gave her so much for it and i'm like what are you talking about that belt looks incredible like i bet you i mean nobody backstage said anything when john cena came out with the spinner belt i think the neon the the light belts look better than the the spinner belt but they're they're not doing it with naomi and it's frustrating as a fan of naomi to see it go down too because we see the potential and it's like they they're missing it she could be so much she could bring in so much money she could be on pay-per-view covers i i hope they utilize her more later her tamina natalia i think natty is long overdue for like a good championship reign she hasn't been the focal point of wwe in a long time they got to do better with these women i'm still frustrated i mean we're moving making strides every day but i don't think it's enough i think with natalia it goes back to the whole second third generation thing i definitely think natalia gets more props than tamina when you really think about it you know natalia is always talked about as being this second third generation superstar her lineage but tamina it's like they don't talk about it and I get that with history with her dad and stuff, and it could be controversial on WWE television, but she still has history in the business. It seemed like when she debuted and she was first a part of the roster, they always used to say it. Oh, she's flying high like her dad, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Now they don't say it anymore. And you notice too, they don't say Tamina Snooker anymore. They just say Tamina. Tamina. They deserve better. That's all I have to say. Amen. Amen. A woman. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into our newest segment, Sip and Tell. This week on Twitter was crazy, and we saw former WWE superstar Leo Rush, who was recently released, he took to Twitter to call out Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Mark Henry has said a couple of inappropriate things when it comes to Leo Rush on his Busted Open radio podcast, stating that he didn't know how to spend his money. Leo Rush is a grown man. He has kids. He has a wife, but he doesn't know how to spend his money, and Leo Rush took offense to this, and 
He wrote, quote unquote, woke up remembering the time Mark Henry said I lied to him to his face and then continued to bury me on his podcast while telling me I need to learn how to spend my money better. It was crazy. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to have a wife and two kids on top of other responsibilities. Mark Henry got one of this tweet via a fan who asked him why he was criticizing Leo Rush so heavily. And he said, quote unquote, I don't have to answer to anyone. I said what I said. I've tried to help and mentor many. I can't make people do what I know to work. And then Rush added, quote unquote, tired of the bull. If you want to talk, put me on your podcast so we can have a conversation for the world to hear. And then Mark Henry gave him the call-in number to call into the podcast. And I guess the number didn't work. And Leo Rush was like, did you forget to pay the bill this month? Because the number isn't working. I was like, okay, now get him back. I think this story really is interesting because we see a legend in Mark Henry who has been in the WWE for many years now and a younger talent in Leo Rush who recently was released but had his moments in WWE and it's crazy, you know, I feel like when it comes to his money, something personal like that, it's not really Mark Henry's business to be speaking on on a public podcast. If he felt some type of way about how Leo Rush spends his money for whatever reason, I don't even know why that's his business in the first place, he could have contacted him man to man. And maybe he did. And maybe he just felt like he wanted to go on the podcast to talk about it. But it's not his business to talk about. It's Leo Rush's money. It's not Mark Henry's money. And it makes you wonder, other legends in the WWE, do they treat the younger talent this way? He's saying that he's helped mentor people, but clearly there's an issue between him and Leo Rush that shouldn't have gone on the internet, in my opinion. I feel like a lot of stuff nowadays goes on Twitter first. People don't reach out personally, or if they try to, one person doesn't want to do it that way, and that's when they reach out over Twitter. This is a crazy story, honestly, because, like, Leo Rush is, like, around our age. I think he's, like, 25 years old. Yeah. So the fact that they're, like, talking about this 25-year-old and how he spends his money and putting his, like, spending habits on blast in this podcast, like, what is the need, Mark Henry? I also want to know, did Mark Henry have his together when it came to his financials at the age of 25? Also, did he pay that phone bill? Because if if Leo called and nobody answered, I want to know. <laughs> but Leo is also one to like not back down from a fight. You know, if you say something, especially over social media, it's quick for, for people to respond and for everyone to have an opinion. So, I mean, I think only they know what is actually up. It could all be a work. Who knows? Like Leo right. Rush could eventually go on the podcast later and maybe just, they could be like, oh, well, you know, we hashed it out. Don't worry. But also we're going to have, a, you know, I'm having a match somewhere, you know, outside the WWE or something like that. But it is weird that like, this is even a story. <laughs> and a lot of people online are very mixed on this story. I've seen a lot of people who are saying it brings up a bigger conversation of how these superstars that have been in the WWE for so long, how they treat the younger talent. And that's a conversation that seems like a lot of people want to be had while other people are just saying Leo Rush has a terrible attitude. We've seen him talk about, I don't know if you remember when he sent out that tweet years ago with Asuka and people were pissed. I remember people were like, you just got here, respect people, respect legends that have been in the business. And that put him in hot water quick. He hadn't been Mm -hmm. signed for that long. People go back to that moment and think, well, he's just an asshole. He's been rude. You know, now he's coming at Mark Henry. He's just disrespectful. But we don't know the whole story. And maybe we'll get the whole story one day. If not, it's totally understandable. This is 
literally personal business that shouldn't have been on the internet. Yeah, I totally agree. So WWE had told its employees that, you know, if they weren't comfortable with wrestling, that they could stay home. Well, reportedly, they are unhappy that Sami Zayn has decided to stay home. Oh, for f- sake. You know, <laughs> he cannot catch a break, I'm telling you. And I think it's probably because, you know, he was a champion that they were like, oh, he's a champion. He's going to come in. And they just weren't expecting him to be like, nah, I'm going to stay home if you guys give me the option. And like, wouldn't you think that like, if you had the option to like stay home and be safe, that you would just take that option? A lot of people are, are scared to go, to not go into work because WWE just fired this crazy amount of people. So they're right. like, I want to stay home, but I... I think I need to go because I might lose my job if I don't. You know, look at what they did to Sammy. He stayed home. So is that he lost his his belt anymore? Yes. You know, I feel like with this, it's interesting because we've heard mixed stories. We've heard, oh, WWE is so accommodating. They're going to let superstars stay at home if they don't feel safe coming into Florida or the Performance Center, wherever they're filming now, and they'll be fine. And Roman Reigns has done that out of respect for his health, his family, which is totally understandable. And people are still pissed about that. And then the whole Sami Zayn thing, people are thinking, well, he deserved to lose his title if he can't come to work. That's his job. And I don't agree with that. But I don't know if you saw recently with the whole thing about Florida being open or whatnot, someone had sent in a public comment and said that WWE was not letting people take time off and they were pushing them to work and there was no option and they were scared they were going to lose their job and no one nailed it down. Of course, people were saying it was Natty. Natty has a big mouth. She loves (laughs) to say everything. If anyone watches Total Divas or sees Natty on social media, you know why people said that. But um, always saying everything. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's interesting. It brings up the whole union thing. Everyone is always saying WWE needs to have a union or WWE needs to have like a quote unquote time off season where they swap the superstars out and superstars are able to go home and rest and recuperate. And as much as I think that would be a good idea, I definitely don't see it coming anytime soon. I think Vince is just in this mindset of we're going to do business at any means necessary. And WWE was the only sports on for a couple weeks there. We saw UFC was on, I think, last week or the week before. So they're starting to dive back in. But WWE has held firm that they are competing no matter what. It doesn't matter if there are no fans in the arena or if there are 10 people in the facility, they're going to get the show done. And while I do respect that about WWE, they're willing to give their fans a quality show at any cost it also is worrying that they aren't thinking about their superstars before they're thinking about their check i don't know it should be interesting to see where this goes i saw that Vince McMahon supposedly thinks that there's going to be a whole crowd at SummerSlam in August, which it's May, and we're still deep in this. I cannot with this man. He's wild. He's the definition of wild. (laughs) I think that he's, it's great that he has that thought that maybe there will be fans at SummerSlam, but the way it's looking, you know, LA is saying that there might not be any fans in arenas until 2021. So how do you think that this event in a couple months is going to have fans in attendance? Mm-mm. Get the why. I wonder if I'm like living in a different place than everyone else is, like with this quarantine. Like, I know Florida is just doing its own thing, Georgia also doing its own thing. But like here in Illinois, where like I'm at right now, everything is like shut down, like literally everything except for like grocery stores and things are not like not opening up. They, they're saying that like we're not going to have concerts 
till like 2021. Vegas is still closed down for the most part. We're in our quote unquote phase one where grocery stores are open, there are restaurants open, but they have to have a certain capacity. Stores are open, but they have to have a certain capacity. So we're a little bit more forward than Illinois and California, but still like it's very precautionary. Meanwhile, Florida is wilding out. Georgia is wilding out. Everything's open. <laughs> Even like next door to us in Wisconsin, like the bars opening again. And I'm what like, the bars? What is happening? And maybe that's why Vince is like so optimistic. Maybe he's like, oh yeah, I, I could pull off a show in Florida with like fans. That's some good it's just weird because <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't even go to Walgreens. There can't be 20 people in there. Right. Like, what, what do you mean, Vince? There's going to be 20 people at this wrestling show? There's going to be a crowd? How? I'm going to sip my wine and wait to see what happens there. I'm going to watch it at home. <laughs> Thank you, Erie, for being on Wrestling Wine Down. I appreciate it so much. I hope you had a great time. Let the people know where they can find Rest Friends. Oh my God, yes. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. You guys can find Rest Friends, uh, the Rest Friends podcast on Spotify and iTunes. And we have a YouTube channel. Just search up Rest Friends and you'll find all of our craziness there. (laughs) And you'll also have a TikTok, I saw. Oh yes, girl. I'm getting my TikTok on during this quarantine with wrestling related TikTok. So look up Rest Friends and it's it's spelled like like wrestling friends put together in one word. It is W-R-E-S-T-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes every week. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.